This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. I've been waiting for you, and today we're going to return to our service at Eagle Mountain International Church, where I'm teaching about deception at the end of the age and how we need to navigate our lives so we don't get caught up in a spiritual web of deception. It's going to be good today. But hey, I want to tell you that when you become a partner with our ministry, and oh, we're so thankful for our partners, it's because of their partnership with us that we're able to bring this teaching to you today and to people around the world. And when you become a partner, you enable this program to go to someone else. And when you become a partner, we're going to send you my book, which is called Life in the Combat Zone. I'm not prophesying a combat zone to you. You're probably already dealing with something. But the subtitle says how to survive, thrive, and overcome in the midst of any difficult situation. And this is dedicated to partners, so we want you to have it. And we'll also send you Denise's book, which is called The Gift of Forgiveness. And right now we're also offering you my series, which is called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. If you don't have this, please order it. It's 15 parts and it comes with a wonderful study guide. And we're also offering you my book by the same title. Do you have this book? If not, this is a book you need to have at home. You can refer to it again and again. How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, Developing Discernment for These Last Days. We really are living in the last days, and we need discernment. And today we're going to return to the service at Eagle Mountain International Church, where we go to Romans chapter 1, where the Bible explicitly tells us that the world will become reprobate at the end of the age. But first, I want you to watch this. Christmas is a timeless tradition. But do you really know the true story of that first holy night? In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the stunning details of the nativity story you have never heard. Like, was Joseph really a carpenter? Who were the shepherds keeping watch? How far did the wise men travel and how many actually came? Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas, the rest of the story, invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across nearly 300 decorated pages. The Christmas story is the most important story ever told. It is just miraculous. And with this wonderful, fully illustrated book, you will learn so much and you'll want to share it with others. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you'll receive the eternal story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this timeless keepsake. Bound in a landmark large format book, you will create a family tradition that will last for generations. This sweeping portrait of the Christmas story allows readers to reflect on why Jesus came to earth that holy night and ultimately the reason for his birth. Great as a gift or to enhance your own traditions, order this beautiful book today. Christmas, the rest of the story for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. So now we come to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, where Paul writes, Now the Spirit speaks expressly. Here we have the Greek word, retus. 
It's from the word rhema. Now the Spirit speaks expressly, concretely, emphatically, categorically, beyond a shadow of a doubt, which means what the Holy Spirit is saying in this verse is not something optional. He's describing something expressly, something emphatically that is going to take place. And then he adds that in the latter times, the word latter is a form of the Greek word husteros, which describes the very, very end of a thing. He says, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. But notice it says some shall depart. It does not say some shall reject the faith. It doesn't say that. It says they will do what? Depart from the faith, and it is the Greek word aphistomy, from the word apo, which means away from, but it carries the idea of putting distance between yourself and something else. The word stamy, which means to step or to stand. And here the Holy Spirit emphatically, categorically states, such a strange event is going to happen at the very, very end of the age. People will begin to put distance between themselves and what they once believed. They'll begin to step away from the solid, concrete teaching of Scripture, slowly, methodically, being in transition as they take one little step and another little step and another little step and another little step, moving away from what they once wholeheartedly embraced and believed. And this agrees what Jesus just said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, a day when people will begin to err from a path. And what is really interesting is that word err or the word deception which describes one that has left a solid path to take another dangerous route is really the word which describes a moral wandering. A moral wandering. And the Bible is literally prophesying at the end of the age, people will begin to question their morals. They will begin to question sexuality. And regardless of what science says or what reason says, they'll begin to distance themselves from what they once believed. And the verse here says, because they're giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The word seducing, again, the Greek word planeo, spirits which cause someone to be lured off track. And then it says doctrines of Devils, the word doctrines is the Greek word didaskalia. The word didaskalia, here translated as the word doctrines, just does not just describe doctrine, but it is well packaged information. So now we find at the very end of the age, the devil is not going to come with a pitchfork in his hand and horns on his head, but he's going to come in the name of science. He's going to come in the name of Hollywood and entertainment. He's going to speak through the courts and present well-packaged information that is so seductive, it will cause people to leave reason and veer into unimaginable moral conclusions. And notice it says doctrines of devils. The word devils, the Greek word daimonion, which is the word for demons or devils, but the early world believed this word described spirits which caused delusion and insanity, which means if you embrace this well-packaged, devil-concocted information, it will cause you to come to lanatical conclusions. Now turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse 18. 
And when you come to Romans chapter 1, beginning verse 18 to the end of the chapter, the Apostle Paul describes society and particularly the wrap-up of society at the end of the age. He says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who what? Hold, everybody say hold. Hold the truth in unrighteousness. That word hold would be better translated to suppress. It isn't that they don't know the truth. It's describing the people who has known the truth. They have heard the truth. They no longer like the truth. And therefore, they decide they're going to cancel the truth. They're going to put a lid on it. They're going to suppress it. They're going to restrain it. So it's not that they're ignorant. They're just trying to bury the truth because if they live in the light of the truth, then they will be accountable for it. And because they don't what like truth says, they decide to put a lid on it or to suppress or to restrain the truth. Verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. Verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things which are made, even his eternal power and godhood, so they are what? Without excuse. Verse 21, because that when they knew God. And this particular word knew does not describe people that are born again, but rather a society which in general has a fear of God or a general knowledge of God. And now Paul says at the end of the age... Even though they have a general knowledge of God, they will cease to glorify him as God. Neither will become thankful, but vain in their imaginations. The word vain is the Greek word metaios. The word metaios here translated vain describes something that is completely, completely wasted. The word imaginations is a form of the Greek word logismos. It's where you get logical thinking. Their logic is going to become flawed. Their logic is going to become wasted or vain. And their foolish heart was darkened. Well, let me ask you, what does the heart do? The heart pumps. The heart pumps and pumps and pumps and pumps. And what does the heart pump? The heart pumps blood. How much of your body has blood in it? Every part of your body has blood in it because the heart is pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping blood throughout your system. But now the Holy Spirit says, you'll know when you've come to the very end of the age because the heart of society will begin to pump darkness. And just like the human heart pumps blood, the heart of society will pump darkness and darkness and darkness and darkness until darkness proliferates throughout society. And the following verse says, professing themselves to be wise. The word professing would be better translated asserting or alleging, alleging themselves to be wise. The word wise is a form of the Greek word sophos. It describes those who believe they are cut above the rest of society. They claim to be the progressive leaders of a new wave, a new kind of thinking. They're asserting themselves as being mentally more brilliant than anyone else. We're going to cause the world to move into a new direction. But Paul says the reality is they became fools. 
And the word fools in the Greek text is the word moreno. It is where we get the word morons, which means a little translation is, while they asserted themselves to be on the edge of a new kind of thinking, brilliant and a cut above everybody else, the truth is they became morons in the way that they think. That is a literal translation. Then he says in verse 23, and changed. The word change will be better translated to exchange. They exchanged the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Well, if I were you, I would just put a star in the margin of your Bible next to that verse because that is one of the most genius verses in the entire New Testament. And in verse 23, the Apostle Paul, in one succinct statement, describes the history of idolatry in reverse. For example, if you look at the end of the verse, it talks about creeping things. Well, if you study the history of idolatry, what did they first worship? They worshiped beetles. They worshiped snakes, creeping things. Then as time went by, they began to worship four-footed beasts like cats and cows. By the time that you get to the Roman Empire, they were worshiping birds. That's why there was an eagle as part of the insignia of the Roman Empire. They were worshiping birds. And here we find that man's thinking is beginning to ascend. He begins by worshiping creeping things. Then he ascends to four-footed beasts. Now his mind begins to ascend a little higher. He's worshiping birds. And finally, at the end of the age, Paul says, man will be the center of his own worship. Man will worship man. And this is the day that we live in today. So when you come to verse 24, Paul writes, wherefore, God also gave them up. And people who have a problem with God take this verse and they say, God just gave up on them. But you have to understand what the Greek says. A better translation would be, wherefore God released them. Everybody say release. And here's what you find about God. God will let you worship anything you want to worship. And if you're bound and determined to trade him in to worship man, God will release you. And this verse would better be translated, wherefore God released them. You want that? Go get it. God released them to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts. And the word uncleanness that is used here is a particular word which always refers to sexual uncleanness. And notice the result, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves the word dishonor would be better translated to displace their bodies or to put bodies where bodies do not naturally belong. It's a wrong combination of bodies. It's also a dishonoring. And my friends, I just want to tell you, we are in the day of dishonoring the human body. I don't mean to step on toes, but we're living in the day when it's fine to do anything to your body that you want to do. And now it has gone so far that doctors in operating rooms are mutilating the bodies of young people. We are living in the day of dishonor. And the Apostle Paul said, this will be one of the signs that society is coming to the end of the age. It is a delusionary time, according to Jesus and according to Paul's teaching in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. But then he continues, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the what? The creature rather than the 
creator who is blessed forever, taking our eyes off of God, we look at ourselves, and when you become the center of your own universe, then you step into the position of God, and you can make yourself to be whatever you want it to be, even if it defies nature. Verse 26. For this cause, God gave them up. A better translation, God released them. He released them unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men. Leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Then in the next verse, he describes what was that recompense. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. This is not a people that did not know the truth. They knew the truth. They decided they no longer wanted to believe the truth. They had walked upon one solid path, but now something has seduced them in another direction. They have distanced themselves from truth. And they say, we don't want that anymore. We're not going that way. We've already been that way. Now we're being led by the uppercut of society, progressive thinkers that are leading us in a new direction. So God gave them over, a better translation, God released them to a reprobate mind. What does the word reprobate mean? Well, when I was a kid, we used that word to describe everybody we didn't like. <laughs> ah, he's just a reprobate. We didn't even know what it meant. So what does the word reprobate mean? The word reprobate, the Greek word adikimos, the word dokimos describes something that is wonderful, something that is fit, something that is marvelous. But if you put an A on the front, it's adokimos. The word reprobate describes a person who was created with a wonderful mind. God gave them a brilliant gift, but because their mind has been inundated with wrong information again and again and again and again and again. That mind which was brilliantly made now becomes ill-affected or you could call reprobate really a mental modified condition so you really don't believe what you used to believe. Your mind has been modified to think something different. This is why we're told in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, at the end of the age, men will call darkness light. And they will call light darkness. How could that be? Because they've been so mentally modified that they no longer know what is light and what is darkness. They call good bad and bad good. This is the process of mental modification, which the Bible translates as the word reprobate. And unfortunately, we're living in a day, and this is why you need to really pay attention to what Pastor George preached last Sunday. When those who think they are the uppercut of society, those who assert that they are the leaders of a new kind of progressive thinking, are targeting our children as young as the age three to make them question what kind 
of gender they were born with, trying to modify their thinking and modify their thinking and modify their thinking. And today, if you send a child to college, and I'm not against education, I think it's clear by my teaching that I believe in education. But today, the universities and the colleges are filled with teachers and policies that are trying to manipulate and change the way that our people think. It's the age of reprobate. It's the age of reprobate until now. People are living in such a state of denial about reality. We're living in such an age of rebellion and lawlessness that now we have reached the time when people are rebelling against their gender. They're rebelling against their gender. But the Apostle Paul said all of this would also occur at the end of the age. So Jesus said, watch, pay attention, beware, planeo. A moral wandering will infiltrate the entire planet at the end of the age. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the Holy Spirit says explicitly, categorically, beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is going to happen. Some are going to begin to wander from a well-worn path into a path that is dangerous. And in fact, that word planeo could also be used to describe a person that's walking right on the edge of a dangerous cliff. He's tottering on the edge of danger. And that word planeo, translated as the word deception, was used by farmers to describe an animal that got so far off track it could never find its way back home. The world is changing. In fact, it's more than changed. It's gone crazy. We are living in a world where faith is questioned and sin is welcome, where people seem to have lost their minds about what is right and wrong. It seems truth has been turned upside down. In Rick Renner's book, How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, Rick reveals the disastrous consequences of a society in spiritual and moral collapse. In this book, you'll discover what Christians need to be doing to stay out of the chaos and anchor to truth. You'll learn how to stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit, discern right and wrong teaching, how to be grounded in prayer, and how to be spiritually prepared for living in victory in these last days. Leading ministers from around the world are calling this book essential for every believer. And right now, it's available for just $20. You can also order the 15-part teaching series when you call or go online right now. Rick takes you deep into New Testament prophecies about the end of the age and what you need to do to sail successfully through turbulent end-time waters. Available in digital or physical formats starting at just $24. Get the book, How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, for just $20. And don't miss this powerful teaching series. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner and today I am standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma and I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you who reach out to us for prayer and for teaching they can trust. Proverbs 10:21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. And we know that's our job. Our job is to feed many. And I wanna say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving. You helped us construct our studio, purchase this building. And now in phase three of our ministry expansion program, 
We're wanting to pay this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, you can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible and by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. Think about that. You don't even have to get out of your chair. Just go online or make a phone call and bam, by becoming a part of the giving team, you can do something that reaches beyond your world into somebody else's life to really make a difference. That is powerful. And according to the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus promises that if we'll go, or if we'll do what we can do to help others go with the Word of God, His power will show up in our lives. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. Hey friend, I'm asking you again, please let me know what you think about us showing you one of our live services, which we recently did in the United States. We've never done this on television before, so I'd like to hear what you think. But we're offering you my series, which is called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. Does that ever feel to you that the world has gone crazy? Well, Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24, the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and in Romans chapter 1 that at the end of the age, it will feel like the world morally and mentally has lost its mind. Well, that's the age that we're living in. So how do you keep your head on straight in a world that seems to be going crazy? That's what this 15-part series is about, and you need it. Your kids need it. Your grandkids need it. And what's wonderful is that it comes with a study guide that is quite significant so that you don't just hear it or see it, but you can read it at the same time and really get all of this teaching down deep inside your heart. And right now we're also offering you my book by the same title and the foreword is written by my precious friend, John Bevere. How to keep your head on straight in a world gone crazy, developing discernment for these last times. You need discernment. We've seen today in Romans chapter 1, that the world is going to lose its mind at the end of the age. In fact, Romans chapter 1 says the world mentally will become reprobate at the end of the age. They will call darkness light. They will call light darkness. They'll call good bad and bad good a confused world. Well, we do not need to fall victim to that nonsense. We need to know how to develop discernment for these last days. And that's why I want you to have this book. You'll be so glad that you ordered this book for your home. But I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you that you're not in the business of scaring us. In fact, you always say, fear not. But you do love us enough that you want to prepare us. And thank you that you have wrapped your arms around us with the word of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to undergird us for the times we're living in. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, we're going to continue showing you our service from Eagle Mountain 
International Church. It's going to be good. Don't miss tomorrow. But until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4. It says, where the word of a king is, there's power. Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity. This program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.